The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells, and with me today, as always, are New York Magazine sex columnist Maureen O'Connor. Hey, Maureen. Hey, David. And Allison Davis of The Cut. Hey, Allison. Hey, David. We're doing this week again in like four or five different locations, so there may be a couple um, technical difficulties down the line. But before we get to our first guest, we want to remind you about the Sex Lives voicemail box. We're going to end our episodes with a plea for you to call in and give us answers to particular questions. Call us anytime at 646-494-3590. In a little bit, we're going to hear from this lady. Whenever I have to pee really badly, I orgasm. And it's usually multiple orgasms if I let it go. And we're going to discuss that amazing and maybe terrible situation later on. Before that, we're going to interview Brian Sloan, creator of the Auto Blow Sex Toy, which last year sponsored a contest to crown the world's most beautiful vagina. Now, in a nod to gender equality, Sloan recently completed the Auto Blow Balls Beauty Contest, which offered contestants the possibility of a $10,000 prize as well as the opportunity to have their scrotums 3D scanned and turned into items of home decor, which we were guessing was like paperweights, I guess. Uh, We'll ask him about that. The best thing about this interview, I think, is, uh, as our producer Sam just pointed out, it's going to be taking place from the basement of his parents' house in Skokie, Illinois, where he's visiting, I think, on the way back from the AVN Awards. I was just talking for a long time. I know you guys wanted to talk about uh, this deadspin piece by Barry Pacheski about quarterback Russell Wilson, who praised his girlfriend's, quote, sweet honey lips that were lilac soft on Twitter. Allison, you want to fill us in? Russell Wilson, I don't really watch football, is a player for the Seahawks. I'm gonna. I'm like just. Right? I, I'm waiting. I'm like. I'm curious to see how many mistakes you make in this intro. <laughs> Russell Wilson is a player for the Seattle Seahawks, and he's dating Sierra, who is like a beautiful goddess. Before their relationship made a lot of headlines because they're miraculously not having sex because God spoke to Russell and commanded him not to have sex with Sierra, so they're celibate. What kind of cruel gods is like? Damn, you landed this outrageous hottie. You are not allowed to touch her. I, I guess he still has to to woo her, right? There's like still some romance in their relationship. But everything about them is so like innocent and, and middle school like down to the way that he praises her. So he, I think Maureen, was it on Instagram that he types this like ode to her beauty? Yeah, um, Woman Crush Wednesday. Right. And of course, Sierra's his woman crush on Woman Crush Wednesday. But it turns out he had to to Google phrases to figure out how to describe her beauty. So things came out like, um, Mo, what was the line you quoted that was so like robotic? I kissed her and she had honey sweet lips that were lilac soft with a loving and affectionate personality at Sierra. <laughs> And literally, if you Google the phrase, describe a beautiful woman, the very first hit is um, this like blog post that like from descriptivewriting.wordpress.com, where it says, number one, she had honey sweet lips. They were lilac soft. And then he did it twice, actually. The second time was one about her hair plunged over her shoulders and it was midnight black from the exact same website offering you ways to describe beautiful women. What I love is it feels like when you were like in middle school and you didn't know how to write a note to your crush and like Seventeen Magazine would give you a template that you basically just like plugged in their name and their eye color and like where they went to school and then you had an auto-generated love note to give to people 
which maybe I did once or twice. But like, it, <laughs> I, <laughs> like the sentiment is still there. He just doesn't have the words, right? It's still kind of nice. I, I it's so, so crazy that you're like sympathizing with him and finding it sweet. It's like, that's so wild. <laughs> I find it really sweet, actually. What? You know what? Oh my God. I think Allison and I must be outliers. So I think everybody else thought this was like totally crazy. Then I'm like, okay, so he's like not the greatest with words, but he's really working. You know, if you Google something, you're really putting in the effort, I have to say. I mean, granted, it was like- <laughs> In the effort, like typing four words into Google. But I think he tweeted out, I didn't use Google, I used Bing, which somehow makes it <laughs> 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 Who Which Bing? is actually somehow more like tragic and illiterate or something. But you know, he's trying, like he's got this girlfriend. He could have just posted a picture and been like, she's hot. But like he wants to write something romantic and he doesn't know how and he's searching for the words. Yeah, I wonder what would have come up if he was using like Wolfram Alpha. Alpha. <laughs> but I think I have a like a hot tip for Russell Wilson on how to write more convincing like love notes without using Bing. Just like have sex with your woman and then you understand all the things <laughs> that make her beautiful once you just like give in to your pleasure and desire. I don't know. And when you don't have sex, that's when you write like the worst schlocky, most unrealistic odes to people in like- the absence of like doing it you know yeah love notes are like a form of blue balls <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking about russell wilson's weird attempts to sound complimentary towards his girlfriend on twitter next up we're going to speak to brian sloan the man presiding over the global balls beauty contest um i think allison's actually gonna have to duck out so it's just gonna be me and maureen uh stay tuned So we're joined now by Brian Sloan, creator of the Auto Blow Men's Sex Toy, but for our purposes, uh, more interestingly, the man presiding over what I think is like the world's first testicle beauty contest. So Brian, why don't you first tell us how you came to conduct such a contest? Uh, Basically last year, um, first I held a a vaginal, a worldwide vaginal beauty contest uh, to find... Which, which we covered beauty. with, we, we watched with great fascination here on the Sex Lives podcast, I must say. <laughs> I think that might still be our, I think that still might be our most popular episode. It was either that or what makes a beautiful penis. So it was like... Yeah, genital beauty is really important to us. So please continue, Brian. We need, we need to know everything <laughs> okay. you know and how you came about okay, it. Okay, so you know, okay, you know about the vaginal beauty contest. Okay, so... After the vaginal beauty contest, we published a scientific paper. I hired a data scientist for the vagina um, contest. We made the vulva paper. So it crunched the data, and it ended up finding what the public perceived to be a most beautiful style of vulva. And it was even location-based because we knew all the voters' IP addresses and everything. So I thought it'd be interesting to do the same thing with men. But I thought that the penis would be too predictable. You know, there's all everything in the media is all about the penis and nothing is about the scrotum. And I've almost never had a scrotum-related discussion even with my friends when we're on, like, genital topics. So mm-hmm. I decided to have a worldwide scrotal beauty contest. Did you, did you have any hypotheses going in about what people would find attractive, more attractive, and what people would find less attractive? Or were you totally, you know, open-minded? I guess I was open-minded, but I suspected that larger would rate higher than smaller. But... The interesting thing is, uh, we ran the contest, uh, which, by the way, I can't make 
you know, for the female contest, I was able to make something for my product. For the male contest, I, I'm just going to, I think, make like some scrotum-themed bookends because there's nothing sexual that I could make with a 3D scan of a scrotum. But uh, <laughs> to be clear, it's that you you manufacture sex toys, so the the beautiful vulvas were actually turned into uh, masturbation devices, correct? Right, e exactly. And um, there is no, you know, I thought about it because I yeah, because I make sex toys. Like, is there a masturbation device I could make from a scrotum? I had a, a whole decision tree, and they all ended <laughs> in no, you know, like <laughs> ten no's. So the con the contest concluded uh, a couple weeks ago, and now the data scientist crunched the data. He wrote the balls paper. It's at ballspaper.com. He wrote a paper analyzing the data, and the uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I'll spoil it. There is no scrotum style which the public deemed to be any more beautiful than another. They all scored equally low. <laughs> they were all deemed to be uh, equally un unattractive. So what does that mean? Like, were there there was like a star rating and everything was like yeah. ones and twos, basically? Right. Well, so the people voted from one to ten stars, and uh, people for you know there were a lot of one votes, uh, and yeah, he was this data scientist was able to separate the scrotums into six classes of scrotum. They were based on a rating. Uh, they rated each of the submissions from uh, how full or how empty the scrotum was, meaning, you know, did the testicles take up most of the space or not in the scrotum? So um, a, num a number one is like a bit of an empty looking bag, uh, and a number six is a, is a very full looking bag, right? They also measured the, um, how wide and how long the scrotum was. So at the lower classes, the scrotum is more wide than it is long, you know, like hanging. And in the higher classes, the scrotum is is longer than it is wide. And the final way that they measured it was how similar the testicles were to each other. Like in some scrotums, you can't see individually the testicles. So the lower classes, you can't distinguish between the left and right testicle. But in the higher classes of that, you know, way of grading them, you can clearly see the testicles and and he rated whether they're similar, whether one appears to be larger or smaller than the other. And just to back up a minute, these were images that were submitted by users in, and then also rated by other users in a kind of like hot or not setup. Is that basically right? Yeah. It was like hot or not for your balls um, <laughs> on, a, on a worldwide uh, scale. And how many submissions did you get? Well, we had more than the, than the vagina contest. We had over 1,000 submissions. Uh, of which we only approved, I think, 250 or 300, uh, just because we needed to make sure we had enough votes to make the data matter on each. If we would have approved it, that, you know, the female contest had millions and millions of visitors and voters. The male contest was not as popular, so we couldn't accept all surprise. of the submissions or else there wouldn't be en enough votes to go around. I have to say, um, having having watched both of these contests go down, the scrotal beauty contest had some extremely creative pictures. I must say, the vaginal beauty—I mean, it was kind of like bizarrely adorable that it was, you know, like women spreading their legs and showing their vulvas with like the little like post-it note that was like hashtag auto blow contest. Um, yeah. The balls ones, people really found creative ways to dangle their balls from their underwear. <laughs> From to like decorate them with a there's the guy that put his nuts inside of a nutcracker doll like yeah it's the most creative sort of um 
I mean, I guess the balls are always sort of like the punchline somehow of the penis <laughs> when you're <laughs> in this sort of situation. That that is one of the the one of the interesting things that came out of the contest is some data about things that weren't related to scrotal beauty, like mm-hmm. you know the fact that women submitted relatively boring photos of their vulvas, but there are many rather involved photos that the men submitted of the scrotum. So there's a diorama that took a man hours. You see the one Jack and the Bean stock. <laughs> Or whatever it is. It yes, I, and I'm looking at it as we speak. <laughs> Sack and the beancock. Yeah, uh, that that's not like a ten minute thing. That that's you know that represents several hours of of work. So men were more playful presenting their genitals, I think, than the women were. I would argue that the vulva is interesting in and of itself, whereas the balls need to be dressed up if you want anyone to look at them. Yeah, you know, Maureen, you you said the balls are the punchline to the penis, but they were just dis- they were deprived of their dicks. They weren't allowed to submit pictures that showed their dicks, so they had to do something. Right, and 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 actually, that was a very important component of the contest because the data scientists found that women in the female contest who submitted doggy style angles from behind, taken of their uh, genitals, that they rated two points uh, higher on average compared to the other vulvas. And so he determined that the sexual positioning of those photos um, influenced their scores. Uh, and he had to remove them from the, the data analysis. So that's why in the male contest, we, we said no penis, uh, because even what he found was that there are some photos where the penis can be seen a little bit and it can be seen that it's erect. And in the photos that have an erect yet blocked penis, those photos rated higher than the other photos. And there, you also declared an actual individual winner, right? We've declared three winners. Uh-huh. Uh, there's the first, second, and third place. Well, I'm going to award them cash prizes after we 3D scan their scrotums. Um, so, yeah, those people scored unusually high, but it didn't affect the overall rating, uh, you know, in general of each class. Those guys scored, like, in between five and six, which was about double what the competitors scored. And it's... they do have unusually – the winner has a giant – scrotum I'm, I'm concerned for him medically I mean, you know i've been in the locker room my whole life i've seen what i've seen a selection of scrotums you know but that scrotum it, it is unusually unusually large i mean it is if you held it with one hand i suppose it would be overflowing uh so i asked him if he has any you know medical problem and he said no it's just it's just like that to me each of the winning sets of balls is like a nightmare set of balls that like i never want to encounter balls the size of an ostrich egg like that sounds like the most unpleasant thing for me to have to deal with if i were to hook up with a guy i vastly prefer many of the losing balls that are just sort of like tidy and tight and like i can imagine that they wouldn't take up too much space i could take care of them very easily while doing whatever i'm doing yeah, Brian, it's interesting you said you going in, you were thinking that bigger was going to be better. I sort of, I mean, I guess I wouldn't expect like, you know, raisin-sized balls to be popular, but I thought like in general, like something in like the, like if you're talking about a spectrum from like zero to 100 in scale, something in like the 30 percentile range would be like the uh, ideal, which is, I guess, where Maureen basically is. But I don't yeah. know, maybe, yeah. um, I guess I'm not like the voters in this poll who like really love the freakishly large balls. Well, yeah, I think it is, you know, I think actually most of the voters were mostly men because I never, none of my female friends would even go to vote on on the ball. (laughs) I think it might have been skewed. I mean, most of the world is heterosexual, but 
we had men mostly, I, I don't know if they were gay or not gay, but voting on the ball. So I don't know if it you know, represented the whole society if only other dudes were voting on the dude's balls because women couldn't be bothered to look. And I didn't actually vote on this. I just sort of like browsed it. Um, but on the other hand, when I do imagine voting, I suppose like there is some like you go to view this sort of like wacky, funny contest and you just want to vote for something crazy, you know, that I'm not sure how, how, you know, are, are people voting for balls they find to be like balls they would love to caress or they're just voting for balls that make them go, oh, my God, look at those balls. Holy shit. Yeah. Maureen, do you have you so you've expressed your thoughts about um, the size of balls. Do you have any thoughts about the other metrics that we're talking about, the sort of fullness and the. Yes, I really do. And you know what? It's too bad because I know that Allison disagrees with me like 100 percent about what I think makes to me the best balls are tidy and like snug and tight and high and out of my way. Like if, if I could be with men with no balls every single time I would, this really sounds like a like parody of some kind of feminazi or something. I prefer men with no balls at all if possible. Um, wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't use the balls during sex. I don't need the balls during sex. I'm totally glad to... <laughs> Sorry, you guys. <laughs> I have a new roommate. In order to get my signal, I just woke him up screaming about balls. I'm so sorry, John. <laughs> He's really pissed at me. I'm sorry. The Wi-Fi is better in this room. You're like sitting in bed with your roommate to get a good signal. <laughs> wait, hang on. I'm so well, but... sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and so, wait. So, I don't mean to have you play the role of Allison, but could you play the role of Allison and tell us what her preferences are? Um, Allison has told me, I feel bad summarizing this in case I get it wrong. I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole her into the testicles she prefers, but <laughs> I know that she does enjoy a sort of like a hefty set of balls to hold in one's hand that she, she has a greater, she has an actual appreciation for them. Whereas I just kind of like prefer them to be gone. <laughs> wait, wait, I have one more question for Brian though, before he goes. So wait, Brian, now that you, you've done beauty contests for vulvas, for scrotums, are there any other sort of metrics that you would like to measure involving sex or genitals, be it beauty or anything else? Like what, what else is on your mind right now? Well, you know, I did book another domain. It's weird because beauty contests are never co-ed, which if you think about it is it's weird because who's to say that, like, someone's gender influences beauty, right? So I thought to have an anus contest that would be co-ed. Ah, that sounds really interesting. It sounds horrible. Uh, you can just <laughs> say it. But it, 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 would be, it, it could reasonably be co-ed, and no one would be able to tell the gender of the anus owner, you know? So I, you I feel like you could, you, you could guess sometimes. I think, I think you might be able to guess in some cases. <laughs> well, I hope that you guys, you know, submit if there is a co-ed, the first ever co-ed anus contest. Hey, wait, Brian, are your, are your balls in this contest? My balls are in the contest secretly uh, because, of course, I put them in. And yeah. I thought that I would be, I thought that I would be scoring, like, top 20%, you know? Yeah, And um, unfortunately, they're like bottom 50%, which for like a minute made me feel a little bad because I always thought that they were very special. But, but the crowd rated them lower 
um, than than the others. I feel bad for your ball self-esteem. <laughs> I, I thought that perhaps it was my angle, the approach I used for the angle. It was a little bit aggressive. I think if I would have used take, taken a better angle, I could have you know had a more complimentary overall picture of of my scrotal appearance. But I think I went a little bit too close. And I uh, wasn't able to distinguish them from the, the crowd. Oh, sure. Blame blame the angle. It's just what your balls <laughs> tell themselves each night to let themselves sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, so Brian, so you have this company. How old are you again? 35. I totally just asked you that so I can control F everybody who's 35 years old in this, in this um, contest. <laughs> did I put my real age? I think I did put my real age. <laughs> Oh, right. I can't remember. This, out. this is some serious detective work, Maureen. <laughs> on that note, Brian, thanks so much for coming on. It's been great to talk to you. Good to talk to you, guys. Really appreciate it. So our guest has been Brian Sloan. Brian, thanks again for joining us. Um, and now we're going to bring Allison back on. Allison, I just wanted to confirm Maureen gave a little summary of your preference in balls. Oh, God. <laughs> Dead silence. I was prompted is, to do so. David made me do it. No, I, I take the blame. But, Allison, is it true that you like a handful? <laughs> wow. Welcome back, Allison. Um, I do. <laughs> I think that, wait, can, Maureen, what exactly did you, did you reveal about my ball okay. preference? <laughs> I don't know if you call this Allison. I don't remember if we had this conversation like in the studio or what, but at some point I said the best balls to my mind are no balls. I would prefer like as like tidy and tucked away. I don't want any balls at all if possible. Um, I mean like, you know, fully respect if I'm with somebody and that's his body, that's cool. But um, yeah, I, the best balls in my mind are no balls. And then I was like, I know that Allison disagrees with me on this, though, that, like, I don't represent all women when I say that. Okay, that's true. No, I do like the little handful. I think that's just, like, more fun, you know? More things also, to play with. More things to play with. I like options. Maureen, you're kind of in the wrong year. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, you know what? As I say this, I realize I might be the equivalent of the man that's like, why would I even bother with, like, XYZ parts? They don't get me off. Um I just realized that I'm a real jerk, aren't I? If I put myself in your shoes, Maureen, I, I have the same preferences that you do. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just like, they're kind of like in the way. If something's going to be gross, it's going to be them, you know? Totally. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need that wild card. So moving on from balls, uh, let's listen to this week's voicemail. Last week during our interview with Mallory Ortberg, Maureen wondered if any of our female listeners were capable of having orgasms while they did sit-ups. Hi, I was listening on the show. My name is Tina, by the way. And one of the young ladies mentioned something about, um, jokingly, about how some people can come from doing sit-ups or push-ups or something like that. And she kind of offhandedly said, if anyone is like that, to call in. Well, I don't have that exactly, but... I do come whenever I have to pee. Whenever I have to pee really badly, I orgasm. And it's usually multiple orgasms if I let it go. So I just wanted to call in and let you guys know. 
Thanks. The best part of that for me was the young ladies at the beginning. One of yeah. the young ladies. <laughs> An important reminder that people of all ages have wonderful <laughs> orgasms. Um, the one thing is when people call in and tell us these things, my only question is if then you can also tell us how you feel about it. Because people are giving us yeah. such interesting data. And yet I always just wonder, like, so is that fun for her? Or is it like, oh, God, I have to, like, you know, I can't be away from a bathroom because then I'm going to start orgasming and it'll be awkward. Or is it like, oh, yes. I'm going to hold this now. She's, I would say she sounded like on the positive side of the spectrum. Like she was she certainly not miserable about it. Although it didn't also seem to be like the favorite, her favorite thing about her life. It's interesting to me. Right. I think, I think that, uh, I think that Freud wrote that like the, the first, the child first masturbates by like holding in, learning to hold in their, um, both like their shitting and pissing so that then when you relax, it's like a sort of release. It's like a sensual release. So, I guess there is like some like psychological foundation there. People always say that it's like when when you're about to have an orgasm for women, it feels like you have to pee anyway. Like it's like a similar sensation. So it all kind of makes sense that like her body would just associate having to pee with like an orgasm. I don't know. It makes biological sense too. I mean, in terms of just like sensation, like nerves and muscles and stuff. I mean, it's it's a similar part of your body, so it sort of makes sense to me. It is. It sounds like a little, to me, a little like nerve wracking though, because so if you're like in desperate need of peeing, and then you have like a really intense orgasm, I feel like there's some risk for like things going wrong for just peeing wherever you are, right? Yeah, that does sound like it. When I imagine the times in life when like you really have to pee. You know, like you're like traveling and you can't find one. Those are all in right. my mind moments I don't want to have orgasms. Although maybe yes. it could be some pleasant escapism from you're, you know, running through the airport looking for a bathroom. Gosh, people orgasm in such exciting and creative ways, different ways. <laughs> I know. This is what I'm learning like from our the, callers. The longer we do this podcast, like the more ways I'm learning about it, it's crazy. I know, and I'm starting to feel inadequate, actually, that I'm like, God, all these women are having these crazy orgasms in ways I never even knew about. That doesn't happen to me at all. <laughs> you got to get to work cultivating that. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Somebody literally just walked into this room. Wait. I, I have to hold on because someone just walked into the room, so I can't talk about orgasms really loudly right now. <laughs> Oh, God. Allison, what you missed was that I just moved into a new place in Mexico City, and, like, I woke up my new, like, landlord-slash-housemate when I was, like, because I tried to go to a room with better Wi-Fi, which was one right next to his bedroom, and he, like, woke up to me screaming about balls. <laughs> so that's it for Sex Lives this week. Uh, a reminder that you can always reach us at 646-494-3590. This week, we'd love to know what, what you think makes for the most beautiful traits in any set of genitalia. Um, also about the possibility of an anal beauty contest. Thanks again to Brian Sloan for joining us. Sex Lives is produced by Sam Dingman. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. See you next week, and thanks for listening. Thanks.